Welcome to the Lifehouse Church Podcast. More information about Lifehouse and our senior pastors, Richard and Helen Kabakian, can be found at lifehouse.com.au. We hope you enjoy the following message. So good to be here. Such an honor to be here during worship and even just, you know, the first service this morning just feels so much like home. Close my eyes, I could be back in Cambodia. And, and I know that you would feel the same if you guys ever get the chance to, to visit us there in Cambodia. You would feel so at home. So anyway, just a great privilege to be here and looking forward to the next many hours of inductive Bible study that we have ahead of us. Just kidding. High five your neighbor before you sit down and say we're living in the best times. Amen. Well, just so awesome to be here and bring you greetings from New Life Fellowship of Churches in Cambodia, our whole team there. Uh, right about now, yeah, we're uh, having our services there, and uh, so everyone there sends their greetings to you. We are a Cambodian group of churches. What you are seeing in front of you uh, right here is a Caucasian Cambodian. Uh, I, yeah, I've been there 22 years, uh, so I'm Cambodian. My wife is Cambodian. I, I, I feel like I'm Cambodian is what I'm saying. Is that right? You understand what I said, right, Vizna? <laughs> anyway, uh, just so good to be here. Pastor Richard, Pastor Helen, just such an honor to be able to be here and to be your guys' friends and to, to partner in the, in the kingdom together and uh, have had the honor of uh, knowing you guys for the last several years. And, uh, and then like you were saying, Pastor, uh, you were able to kind of be there on the ground with us and, and had some great uh, quality time there. And uh, just so good to, to be here with you this morning. And, um, you know, especially on... Uh, this Kingdom Miracle Offering weekend that you have today. And it's a very, uh, it, it's a very special time. It's a very uh, giving and, and giving of our, ourselves and of our finances uh, is actually a very uh, holy thing unto the Lord and uh, just an honor to be able to be here. And uh, would love to just spend a little time in the Word and then also uh, just kind of painting some pictures for you. Uh, just, just to give a little perspective of my context, of where I'm coming from. Uh, like I said, I've been there in Cambodia the last 22 years. And I'm here to tell you that there is an unprecedented move of God happening in the nation and among the people of Cambodia right now. Uh, th this is a very unique moment in history for the nation and for the people of Cambodia that uh, is, is very unique even amongst the, among the, the, the nations of the earth. We don't get to see as, as the body of Christ. We don't get to see what is happening like what is happening in Cambodia that often. And uh, it's just very unique to, to kind of put that into perspective. Cambodia is not one of the nations that has had the gospel, that has had Jesus for centuries and centuries. 
where you have some nations, uh, of course, uh, some of the European nations, and you have even places like uh, South and Central America that, uh, you know, Catholic missionaries went there hundreds and hundreds of years ago to begin to establish things, and you have even Africa, some of the African nations, and David Livingston. Cambodia is not like that. Uh, in fact, the first missionaries only arrived in Cambodia in the 1920s. So less than 100 years that we've had the gospel there. The Bible was only translated into the Cambodian language in the 1950s. So we've had the Bible, the Word of God, around 60 years. That's it. And all those years, Cambodia was known as hard soil. It was known as the country with a lot of government restrictions and, and people were not open and literally you read the history and it was one year, one family coming to the Lord and then the next year, another family coming to the Lord. Hard work. All the way up through the 70s, Cambodia fell into civil war and it just devastated the nation. A third of the population was killed and uh, just the country was brought back to the Stone Ages during that time and, and just completely devastated the country. Historians say it was actually the most extreme communist regime ever implemented in a nation. Uh, just destroyed the people as well as the, the, the country. And, uh, but since the 1990s, Cambodia has opened up. And, and, and the government has opened up and the people are just wide open. And we are seeing a move of God happening in this very broken nation, broken people. And it's now one of the top 10 nations where Christianity is actually growing most rapidly on planet Earth. One of the most, they say that the Cambodian people are one of the most receptive people to the gospel right now in the world. And, uh, and so I'm kind of coming, coming to you from that context and first and foremost, just to tell you that God is alive and the church of God in Cambodia is alive and well. It's alive and well. And, uh, and also just kind of to help you maybe hopefully paint some more pictures around that uh, and what that looks like as the larger body of Christ and for us here at, at LifeHouse. Uh, in the book of Nehemiah, Nehemiah chapter 6, if you remember the, 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 the story and the context there, Nehemiah had been working in the king's palace, a good, cushy job, great job, everything was good, but he had a heart for his nation, and he heard about how the city of Jerusalem had been destroyed, and so uh, he, he decides, you know what, I'm going to, I feel the Lord prompting me to do something, and this is, by the way, the normal Christian journey. I feel the Lord prompting me to do something. I'm going to step out in faith. I don't know how it's all going to come together. I got a few bits and pieces here. So he leaves the palace. He goes to Jerusalem. He gathers a band of people, and he begins to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. And he's rebuilding the walls. If you can imagine manual labor, lifting stones that have been toppled over and broken and burnt. They weren't cutting out new stones. They were just taking those old stones that were broken and putting them on top of each other. And eventually it's going to be a great structure again. And so here's this guy, this, this, this dignitary, really, Nehemiah, and he's there lifting stones and leading a band of people to lift stones. And Nehemiah chapter 6 some people come and they, Sanballat, and some of these guys come and they say, hey, Nehemiah, come on off the wall. Everyone say, come on off the wall. Uh, Nehemiah, come on, come on off the wall. Uh, why, why don't you come over here? 
and, and, and let's, let's, let's have a chat and let's have a talk and, and maybe there might be some other things that you should be doing. In fact, we want to give you some advice. You're really kind of wasting your time here and I think you made a bad decision, but we want to help you out and help you recognize that bad decision that you made to come back here. In Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 3, Nehemiah says, no, I'm not going to come off the wall because I'm in the middle of a great work. Everyone say a great work. Everyone say it again, a great work. I'm in the middle of a great work and I can't be interrupted. I, I, I cannot be interrupted for anything that is insignificant because what I'm doing is very significant. I don't have time for some chit chat with you. I don't have time for any other task in fact because what I'm doing is so significant I can't be distracted. I can't be interrupted. Can, can I let you know that what we are doing here at Lifehouse, it is very significant. What we're doing in our giving, what we're doing in our reaching, what we're doing in our praying and in our believing, it is very significant. Can, can I let you know that what you are doing as a, as a corporate body here, as a church, as a body of believers here, what you are doing is very important. And I'd love to ask the question today, what is it that would have you come down from the wall? What is it that would have you come down from the wall? We are, we, we are not just going through the motions. We are not just doing religion. We are building lives. We are building lives. What we are, what you're doing here in this community and what you're doing in the nations, we're building lives. What you will do is even the expansion of this great facilities. We know that it's not buildings that change lives, but what happens in the building does change lives, doesn't it? So we're, we're, we're building lives stone upon stone upon stone. But what is it that would have you and I come down from that wall. Wow. One of those things might be a sense of insignificance. Well, pastor, I'm not up there on the stage. I'm not an evangelist. And I, I don't know if really my praying and my serving and my believing and my giving, does it really make a difference? Sure, it's nice, but it's just kind of lifting these stones. Is it is it really significance? Has anyone ever felt a sense of insignificance? Yeah, we felt that at times that I don't know if what I'm doing really makes a difference. I kind of feel good about myself doing it, but is it really making a difference? What is it that would have you come down from the wall? Maybe it's a sense of discouragement that I thought that if I'm loving God and serving God, and if I am giving of myself, that everything is just supposed to go really well. And you know what? In the, fa in the last 12 months, I've actually ran into some challenges and some difficulties and some discouragement. Well, first of all, whoever told you that everything's going to just go well, uh, unfortunately, they, 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 they miscommunicated to you because that's not the guarantee. But sometimes, to be honest, yeah, that sense of discouragement can set in when things don't go according to plan and they don't quite work out. And, and, and sometimes that's what could have us come down from the wall, isn't it? Yeah. You know what? I've been at this serving and this giving and this believing thing and 
I don't know. I'm just not really feeling good about life in general. Maybe I ought to just step down from the wall. Sometimes it's a, a sense of, of fear and doubt that, you know what, I've been believing and I've been sacrificial and I've been giving of myself. But to be honest, Pastor, if I look at the next at the outlook of the next 12 months here, that it's not looking too good, and I got this, and I got that. And so I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's time to just kind of shrink back. Maybe it's time to kind of draw back, and, and maybe I should just step down from the wall just a bit. Sometimes it's that, that fear, that doubt of, of things that uh, are, are on the horizon. Sometimes it's just weariness, isn't it? Sometimes it's just weariness that would have us step down from the wall. And then we just think, you know, I'm, I'm getting tired and, 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 and I'm feeling a bit weary. Can, can, I, can I tell you that, first of all, not just me, but I would say all of us in this room, we understand that. We, we understand that. I've been there in Cambodia the last 22 years, and we are in the middle of a move of God. I wouldn't trade it for anything. But at the same time, that doesn't mean it's easy. Sure, weariness can set in, and sometimes when you look at the task at hand and you think, are we really making a dent in things? Are we really making a difference? Or sometimes just the discouragement or, or, or the doubt or fear that would come. We all experience that, but I believe this is what the Lord would want to do this morning. I believe that this morning, the Lord would love to give Lifehouse right here a stay-on-the-wall attitude. A stay-on-the-wall mindset. Can you just put your hand on your heart right now, if that's okay? i just love to pray right now. Father God, I just ask that even by your spirit this morning, that you would impart a stay-on-the-wall attitude, God. A mindset, a God-given mindset, Father. That would give us that, that, that attitude, Father. That, that, that perseverance, that determination. That you know what? No, what I'm doing is significant, and I am going to stay on the wall. We just ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Stay on the wall attitude. What creates that stay on the wall attitude? I believe there's a, a few factors that, that the Lord would love to just impart, even this morning, impart into us that create that stay on the wall attitude. Number one is a recognition and understanding that we still live in the age of change nations. We still live in the age where God is changing entire nations. What we're doing in Cambodia and Poland and even right here locally, we're not just playing church. We're not just doing philanthropy because, you know, we got a bit more means than others, and so therefore we got to help people out of it. It's kind of an obligation. That, that's not what we're doing. I mean, if you're not even there, sure, that's a good start, but that's really not what we're doing here. It's not just charity. We're not talking about just token missions or token benevolence that, you know, I, I saw the person next to me fill out the form, so I guess I better fill it out too so I don't embarrass myself here. We're not doing that. Our God is in the nation-changing business. This is what he does. This is what he's done for centuries. And this is what he, by the way, he's not retired. He's still doing it. This is what he's doing. He's changing nations. For those that would be from, 
European descent. Did you know that the European nations actually didn't start out as Christian nations? Jesus wasn't from Europe, actually. Did we know that. Yeah, Jesus was from, he was the carpenter from Nazareth in Israel, an Arab nation there. And somehow this gospel, it made its way to Europe. Can you imagine how foreign a gospel, how foreign a message that was? That some guy, some person shows up in some of the European nations there where they have Stonehenge and they're worshiping the sun and the moon and the stars and Thor and all of this stuff. And this person shows up and says, hey, I want to tell you about Jesus from the country of Israel. Where's Israel? What, what, what are you talking about? I've never heard of that place, right? Yeah. And, and, and Jesus, he was Emmanuel, God with us and born of the virgin and lived on earth and did this and that and, and, and then died on the cross to receive our sins, to be the sin offering. Three days later, rose again, ascended on high. Can you imagine how foreign of a message that was? Somehow that message got through. Somehow that message penetrated people's hearts to the point where they begin to say, you know what, we don't need this God and that God and, and I, I believe it and I, and I get it and I, and I commit to it to the point where they threw all of this other religion that they had out and when they begin to build new communities, they said, you know what, the first building that needs to build, build here is a church building, is a cathedral, right? If you look at some of the African nations and David Livingston, and now you have some of the largest churches in the world. Even in recent history, you have places like South Korea. 60 years ago, less than 1% Christian there. Less than 1%. You look at it now, the largest churches in the world. Young Cho, a million members in his church. You look at, the, they say, some stats say up to 50% evangelical Christians in South Korea. In a lifetime. But what about 2017? Does God still do that? Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe those are the days of old. Maybe, maybe, maybe he's not in that business. Could I stir up your faith this morning? Could I stir up your faith this morning that this is, this is the type of business that God is still in? And this is what we're doing. We're, we're partnering with God and seeing nations change. It's not too late for that. We're not beyond those days. This is what we're seeing in Cambodia. I'd love to invite Visna. Visna, if you could come on up. Visna is part of our team in Cambodia. First generation believer. And uh, so great to have you here, Visna. And uh, this evening, your wife and, uh, and your in-laws will be uh, at, the, at the service this evening. And, and, and Visna wrote a song uh, several years ago now, a few years ago, that is called Jesus. I think that's a good title of a song. And it's a song that has become really the, the Christian anthem for the nation of Cambodia, for the Christians in Cambodia. That is, like I said, it's one of the nations of the, where Christianity is growing most rapidly. And, and this, this song, it talks about, it, it's the testimony of the Cambodian Christians. I'm going to have Visna actually share and sing this song here. Just You can go ahead and get ready, Visna. But this song that Visna is going to sing and, and what he's going to share with you is a testimony that God is still changing nations. What we're doing in partnership here and in believing and praying and giving, we're, we're seeing nations changed. And, and in this song, in the chorus of the song, it talks about 
I'm healed. My, my soul is set free. My chains are gone. And, and not, not just my response to his love, God, I love you so much, but actually, God, you love me so much. You are so good. Your grace and your goodness and your love towards me is just amazing. And, and, and this, is the, this is the testimony of the Cambodians that are living in a move of God in Cambodia. Is that, you know what? Our lives are being changed. Visna. Hi. <laughs> morning, Aussie. Yeah. I've been here for two weeks, and I will stay here for another week, and then we go back to Cambodia. But since I've been here, I haven't seen anyone talk to me like, good day, mate. Because that's what I heard, that's what I learned when I'm in Cambodia, when Australian people came and talked to me, and they taught me that, like, hey, good day, mate. What does good day, mate mean? But, okay, I got it. <laughs> but, yeah, I just married for four months um, and thank you so yeah we have a chance to visit here but just like what pastor jc said i've been raised in a family and it's not christian and we are, i'm the first one who come to know the lord and then my whole family come to know the lord i have three more brothers that are younger and no sister and lucky me and lucky my family <laughs> It's only my, my mom is the queen in the house, so she got to tell everyone what to do, what to get done. So, yeah, even my dad, he needs to follow her. So, anyway, um, it's been good and, and it's been a blessed to be here with you guys and your church is amazing, amazing people and so friendly and so awesome. I love it. I'm glad to be part of it this morning. And, just what, what Pastor Jesse shared, and I just want to um, talk a little bit about it. Like I said, I'm not a Christian. Um, 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 I just become a Christian for 10 years, and um, it's, it's been hard be, not being a Christian before, and, and I was lost. So my whole family is really in bad situation, but I, the Lord has redeem our family and our nations so but just want to share with you and encourage you a little bit i've been studying first samuel and second samuel a little bit about king david's life and and second samuel this is what i have learned that it's talking about a, the story of king david's inviting or uh bring back mapibosheth you know that name before yeah. mapibosheth is uh jonathan's um son his his, he, when his father and his family died in the, the war, he ran away and he's crippled since he was little because tried to run away because he thought that somehow King David would take revenge of what their family has done to him. But King David has become a king, a new king. Yeah. But instead of revenge, King David has command and said, go find um, Saul's family if they're still alive. And, and King, that's what King David said, go find them, and I want to show the mercy and goodness to, to his family. And, and I believe that that's what God has done in my life, and my family, and my nations, that, that God has seen the broken, God has seen the crippled, that God has seen the nation who is, who is built up from Hinduism. If you have a chance to visit Cambodia, there's a 
great place to visit is Angkor Wat, which is built based on Hinduism. But I believe Jesus has shown us through that, that story that he, he, is, he is a new king. Yeah. The old king has died. Yeah. The enemy is defeated. Yeah. That Jesus is a new king and he has a new way to show us that he show mercy and great love and show, show us his goodness. So this morning I just want to sing this song to you guys and I hope it's blessed you and the words will be on the screen and if you love to join me singing that's that's great too so, so enjoy it
This is the voice of a nation being changed. This is the testimony of a nation being changed. Our God is still in the nation changing business in the name of Jesus. Amen. You can be seated for just a couple minutes. Stay on the mind, uh, stay on the wall attitude. Stay on the wall mindset. Tell your neighbors, stay on the wall. What we're doing, it's too important, it's too significant to be distracted. We're gonna stay on the wall. Yeah, sure, at times it seems like just stone after stone and just week after week and day after day, but if I can paint the picture that, no, no, we're partnering with God to see nations changed. Secondly, the stay on the mind attitude comes from recognizing that what we're doing will have an eternal impact. What we're doing will have an eternal impact. There's a young gal in our church named Chen Leng. Chen Leng's father left when she was quite young. He had all daughters and he wanted a son. And so he left his wife. Uh, there were seven girls, uh, six girls all together. They had no sons. And so left, the, left his wife and Chen Leng's mother began to develop some very serious mental and emotional disorders coupled with alcoholism to the point where these six girls had to raise themselves to the point where there's no, and you have to understand, there's no government institutions to help with things like this in a place like Cambodia. You, you fend for yourself. And so living in a little shack in a slum that didn't belong to them, these six girls banded together. There were points where they had to even tie their mom up so that she wouldn't harm herself. Nobody to help. The oldest was 17 years old. The next one is 15, 14, 12, 9, and 7 years old. They basically lived on the streets, scavenging whatever they could do to, 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 to live from day to day. That's around when we came across Chen Leng and her family and her sisters. Long story short, Chen Leng was added to the church. She was introduced to the living Lord Jesus Christ. Not just religion, but the Lord Jesus Christ. Her life was transformed. If Jen Ling were here today, she would tell you that our lives have been transformed. There's a picture of all, all the girls here on the screen, uh, I believe. These are the six girls now. Two of them, uh, three of them are married. They're all, they're, the, the, the four eldest all have jobs. They have their own home now. This has all been done through the local church, bringing them to Jesus helping them up. Jen Leng is also part of our worship team, often leads together with Visna, and just a powerful testimony of transformation. This is the kind of stuff that is gonna last for eternity. It's not just temporal. By the way, we're not just living for the temporal. This kind of stuff will last for eternity, from generation to generation. They're first generation believers. Never heard of Jesus. Chan Lang will tell you, I never knew anything about Jesus. Nobody told me. But now that I know Jesus from this generation forward, all the way into eternity, we are followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our lives have been changed by the Lord Jesus Christ. There's a, 
The third thing that creates a stay-on-the-wall attitude. Say, stay-on-the-wall attitude. Tell someone, we're not coming off the wall. We're not coming off the wall. The stay-on-the-wall attitude is a recognition that what we're doing is changing lives. We're not just bettering lives. We're not just upgrading lives. We're seeing actual transformation. We're seeing lives changed. A year ago, we planted a church in an unreached area on the outskirts of Phnom Penh, the capital of Cambodia there, uh, called Kampung Spu. It's a brand new church plant. The believers there are 100% first-generation believers. And one of the ladies attended an event of ours about six months ago. And coming out from the event, we were just doing some little phone interviews. And, hey, what'd you get out of the event? How was it? And this lady began to share. First-generation believer, probably in her early 30s. And she began to say, oh, you know, it's a great event, so good. But then she began to talk, and she said, you know what? My life has been so transformed that I was able to meet Jesus. She begins to break down in this video and, and just say, I, I could never imagine what my life would be without Jesus, but I've only known him for six months, and, and I can't believe that I'm, I'm 30-something years old, and, and I never had the chance to know Jesus. Wow. No clue. Wow. She said, but my life has completely changed, and I want to live for him, and I, I want to serve him, and he's, he's my everything. Can I, can I tell you this morning, Lifehouse, that what we're doing in our reaching, in our believing, in our giving, in our going, in our praying, it's changing lives. So I'd love to just challenge you and encourage you this morning. Stay on the wall. What you've been doing all these years, what you did last year, what you're going to do this year, stay on the wall. Because what you're doing, it's changing nations. It's going to have an eternal impact, and it's changing lives. Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 3. They're trying to persuade Nehemiah, come off the wall, come off the wall. This is what he says, Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 3. I sent messengers to them with this answer. I'm doing a great work. Everyone say, a great work. I'm doing a great work, and I can't come down. We have another translation here. I knew they were scheming to hurt me, so I sent messengers back with this. I'm doing a great work. I can't come down. Why should the work come to a standstill just so I can come down and see you? Well, why should the work come to a standstill? Because this is a, a great work that I'm doing. Yeah, but it's just stones upon stones. No, no, no. This is a great work. It's going to have eternal significance. It's going to change a nation. It's changing lives. Another translation I'm in the middle of a great work. Everyone say, I'm in the middle of a great work. And I cannot be interrupted. I'm not coming down to meet with you. What is so important that I should suspend the great work that we're doing to travel to see you? Can I just pray for you this morning, Lifehouse? You're in the middle of a great work. Week in, week out. You're bringing, you're inviting, you're serving, you're praying, you're giving. Week in, week out, it's a great work. Let's be reminded this morning. It's a very significant work. Don't come down from the wall. We're changing nations. We're changing lives. 
we're going to see an eternal impact. Father God, I just pray this morning. I thank you for Lifehouse. I thank you for each and every person here. Sure, there's times of weariness. Sure, there's times of discouragement. Sure, there's times of even fear about the future. And, and, and there can be times where, where it seems like uh, maybe even what we're doing is not that significant. But I just ask that faith would arise this morning, Father. That your perspective would come into view this morning and that we would recognize, no, 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 what we are doing is very significant. It's part of a very significant work. And thank you, God, that we're going to see this work both in our lifetime and in eternity to come, Father. And we just thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Blessing being with you guys. Love you guys. Thank you so much. Come on, let's give it up for Pastor Jesse. Hi, I'm Richard Kabaki and pastor of Lifehouse Church. Just wanted to say thank you for listening to this message and I hope and pray that you feel that it's added value to your life. My greatest desire is to see people develop a personal relationship with Jesus, which can begin by praying a very simple prayer. I'm going to pray that prayer right now and if you'd like to begin that relationship, you can just repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I need you in my life. I choose you as my only hope of being forgiven. Please come into my life and let me begin a relationship with you that will last for all eternity. If you've prayed that prayer, we would love to know about it and celebrate your fantastic decision. You can do that by sending an email to mydecision at lifehouse.com.au. We look forward to hearing from you.